last time on the Four Orbs. I would say we explore the two open corridors that we have yet to walk down. I think that's our best bet. Let's go. If it's up to me, I would say we just continue hugging the walls to the left like we've been doing. Why not? Left one it is. Hey, Avid Lar, are, are you okay? I'm as okay as I can be dead. You've been limping since we've been walking. Oh, yeah, I'm decaying. Oh. I have a, um, a lifespan that is slowly going away. Well, this is very sad and very gross, but uh, what's in front of us? What are we, what's, where are we going? <laughs> the further you get down the corridor, the vines are also clinging to the walls and the ceiling. And as you exit the corridor, you see a large chamber in front of you. A hundred feet away, it is one of those dogs, but four times as large. It stands roughly 12 feet high and stands at a distance. It looks like it could swallow each of you whole, and you see six eyes flutter open, three eyes lining each side of its skull. I'm going to touch myself. I'm going to stab at him once, and then I'm going to jump, hit him with like a leaping stab. Like Brad Pitt from Troy. Exactly. (laughs) And you jam it, center skull of the dog, and he falls with you, and you roll off of the front of him, and you roll to the ground, and you stand up in front of it, and he's not moving. We need, we need to rest here, guys. Okay, I go much further. I guess since I'm in the best shape, I'm just going to walk around the room and kind of inspect. At the other side of the chamber, you find a very large tunnel, and you feel a fresh but much colder and dry air coming from the tunnel. This may be your exit. The five of you manage to make a small fire with random debris you have found in a mine that is centuries old. After fighting and killing what appears to be the pack leader of the dog-like creatures, the five of you with Ovid Lar take a long rest. Astra, however, fell vacant during the fight and appears to have had a celestial being bless her with a long rest. Because of this, Astra stays awake as the four of you rest. Astra. You didn't really know what to expect of Ovid Lar at this time. You assumed he would rest like the others, but you see him with his knees up to his chest, leaning against the wall of the mine, around the fire, like the rest of you. His bony fingers twiddle and wave like patterns on the sleeves of his coat. He looks up at you after an hour or so of silence while Oystrich sits nestled in your lap. He's important to you, huh? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of saved him, and uh, he's kind of saved me in a way. You saved him? Well, what's the story between the two of you? Well, I, um, I was working as an apprentice to a very powerful sorcerer um, that kind of taught me how to control my magic, but it turns out she wasn't the best tutor. She found Oystrich in the street, just started doing some terrible experiments on him, and I, I couldn't stand to watch that happening, so we both fled. Experiments? What, what kind of experiments would, did she do? I honestly don't know. It was more than than I knew at that point and more experienced spells. So I just, I saw that Oystrich was an unhappy. <laughs> so we did, left. Did he seem to be affected by it in any way? Uh, we're finding out it seems so. He actually spoke to us. Spoke to you? Yeah, well, something spoke through him to us. 
when we found the key of Kilnar. So what you're saying is he has Heltron's touch. Uh, what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, you you don't know what Heltron's touch is? Well, few are gifted with this. It doesn't only affect intelligent life, though. Sometimes, possibly most of the time, it is any creature whose life was threatened that was saved in a time of need. Most, however, do not know how to harness it. It seems your mouse has figured it out, though. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good to know, I guess. That's There's an explanation for everything. Just thought that she had made him some kind of vessel to speak with. It sort of works that way. Or at least that's how Heltron's touch works. I mean, it's supposedly... Heltron is supposedly the only guardian of the Equilibrium with the power of foresight, but it's part of the strongest powers in the School of Divination. So Heltron having the strongest divination powers amongst the Guardians, it's kind of an homage to him. That's very interesting. I didn't realize all of this, but I guess this information might come in handy. It's possible that you provide him a source of energy to thrive on. Does it seem like he's triggered in certain events? The only time I remember him really doing anything crazy was when we we found the body of a Rodanian soldier and he kind of spoke through Oystrich. Like a vessel. Yeah. But otherwise, I've just been practicing some divination spells with him and nothing's really come of it, but... Well, I mean, it seems like this is a for sure thing, that he is a vessel. You said a Rodanian soldier spoke to you? Had... This happened before your little friend? No. Um, Hmm. I mean, I've had some visions, you know, along this journey, but... Some visions? Yeah. From guardians. Guardians? Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Well, it seems maybe they have found a link to you through him. I guess so. I just... I, I don't... I can't really make sense of it all. It's... I feel like I need my missing information. You must be special to the Guardians in some way, if they're reaching out to you like this. Hmm. Maybe I can possibly teach you how to trigger this from him on an active basis, instead of just it happening at random. Okay, how do you do that? Well, it would take some practice and some experimentation, but it would all be harmless, just exhausting for the two of you. He puts his hand close to the ground with his palm up, and Oystrich's head kind of pops up from your uh, lap, and he kind of jumps out of your lap and hops and kind of skitters over to Avidlar and climbs into his hand. May I try to detect his ability? Yeah. I promise I won't hurt him. I trust you. Avidlar and Oystrich then meet eye to eye, and their eyes both glow bright with a light blue and white aura. Oystrich starts to sit up on his hind legs as Avidlar whispers something quietly to him. Their eyes both instantly return to normal, and Oystrich stays in that perched position on his hind legs. Avidlar then lowers his hand, and Oystrich hops off and runs back into your lap. When we reach our destination, if I'm still alive, I will do what I can to teach you the divination powers that I can. Okay, that would be great. Um, what did you just do? I was confirming for sure. It, it appears he is a vessel of some sort, but here in this mine... There doesn't seem to be any sort of connection outside. Well, yeah, I would, I would love to learn as much as I can. So let's let's get out of here and see if we can find better reception. 
<laughs> if we hold him up higher when we get outside. <laughs> Slowly over the next series of hours, the four of you begin to come back to you. First Felomir from his meditation, and then the rest of you. Mm, I uh, still hurt. This is a long rest, so if you are down any HP, you get all your HP back. Spells, you get your spells back. Any special abilities, you get those back. Blah, 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 blah. What about Finch's exhaustion level one? Oh, uh, give me a constitution saving throw. Fourteen. You have gotten rid of exhaustion level one, Thank Finch. God. Nice. That's First like, time ever. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that soft touch to the face. Well, you know, for the first time in a long time, I think I feel rested. I feel, I feel ready. I feel ready to move on. That's beautiful. <laughs> Dorth, how's your leg? It still hurts. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's still very much broken, yes. Um, Let me inspect it again. Let's see if we made any progress. Do not touch me. I'm not going to touch him, but I do want to walk over there and kneel and just look at it, make sure that the splint and everything's still holding up okay. It does appear to be holding up fine. You'll recover. It's just going to take some time. And you'd close the wound so you don't have to like redo any bandages. It's just the, the splint. You prep your belongings and sling your packs on your back. Who's carrying Dorth? Who's carrying me? <laughs> he was looking at me, so I'm going to carry him. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to carry him then, Astra? Just like grab grab his collar and sling him over. Yeah. Your back like, like, a, a like a coat, yeah. <laughs> Make myself pretty fashionable. Wow. Um, so insensitive. Wow, you have a whole... I don't know. I'll just hold him like... <laughs> In the crook of my arm <laughs> <laughs> while I'm carrying the rest of his stuff. Um, All right. Just check and see like, carefully. what kind of dangers now, may happen based on, on how I'll you're carrying I'll take the him. gnome. All right. So I weigh one pound, right? Yes. And all the stuff that I'm wearing also Correct. is with it. Wow. So everything on your person is yes. a combined weight. But to you, of course, yeah. it's normal weight. So like you can't... If you could hold 300 pounds and then somebody oh, picked you up... That whole 300 pounds would, would weigh, weigh one, one pound. Nice. <laughs> but, like, can you carry 300 pounds? Now, <laughs> okay. This could... Oh yeah, that's what God. I was about to say. Let's go back to the irritarium, <laughs> dude. You got a loophole here. <laughs> so anything that I am... Like, not even the stuff that I had on me when this, this took place. There's anything I am currently holding. Yes, Okay. So we got to get the route set up from yeah. the town to the mine, and we just carry Dorth back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so many doors just opened up. We're gonna be rich. Does that mean you're doing something? <laughs> I don't think Not so. Not right now. You okay. Don't, you don't know. I'll talk. With, I'll talk with my castmates about it. Just making sure. <laughs> I do want to uh, pull my sleeping bag, knapsack. How how was that designed? Is it like a potato sack? Like. 
sealed on three sides and then open on the uh, top. I mean, sure. If that's how you do, if that's how you picture it, then yes, I'm okay with that. Okay, so I'm gonna cut a slit in the top part and then two slits on the side part and put it on as <laughs> a makeshift <laughs> shirt <laughs> to try to stay warm. Okay. Anything else? Or best. I mean, I'm getting carried. I have no autonomy yeah, here. Um, I guess I'm gonna see what Kat's doing and be like, hey, that's that's kind of smart, bud. You know, if we're going back into the cold, I'll I'll get my bedroll out and kind of like wrap it around me and Doroth. I want to eat some rations. All right. But other than that, I'm prepared to leave. Is everyone else eating? Sure, why not? Sure. Feed me. Wah. <laughs> 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 I'm serious. Okay, I give Doroth a ration. Give it. I put uh, it in your hand. No. Not your mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to put it in my mouth. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> and this is the way you want to be. I chew it up in this, but I don't want to speak. <laughs> there it is. Well, baby bird, mama bird action. Oh my god. Did you for real do that? No, just <laughs> Never happened. No, I want you to feed them to me. Look, your hand's not broken. But my heart it's just, is. Oh my god. <laughs> Fine, I shove it in his mouth <laughs> in the kindest way possible. And like, you know, when you're feeding a kid and they're just like, no, 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 I'm just going to put it in his mouth so that he shuts up. <laughs> I'll chew my rations. <laughs> Onward. You head over to the tunnel that Astra found and begin a gradual ascent. You feel a breeze pushing against you and occasionally a sharp chill that stings your skin. The tunnel twists and turns while you are climbing. Give me a perception check. 17. 9. 17. 16. 26. Finch, you find a skeleton behind a boulder. Its garments decayed and withered. But one item sits in its complete condition. A glove is on its left hand. A white jewel is embedded in the palm and a brown crystal on the back of the hand. Um, I probably won't really audibly say anything. I'll kind of just like, uh, huh? And then just kind of walk over there and check it out. Okay. Get on a knee, pull it off his hand. Okay. Inspect. Um, you pull it off his hand. And like I said, it's a like leather glove, a uh, white jewel in the palm, and a brown crystal in the back of the hand. Does it look like it f- would fit on my hand? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm like, well, you guys got sleeping bags. I guess I'll take a left glove. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll slip it on. <laughs> And as you say that out loud, I'm assuming fellow bear, you're going to kind of perk up at that. A glove, you say? Yeah. It's this one. Shink. Ooh. I'm going to, like, grab his hand while he's wearing the glove and look at it. Okay. Uh, give me an arcana check. Just look at it. Look at that. 23. You do see some runes in the palm and on the back of the hand, like magical runes. Am I familiar with them at all? Yes. One of them is very simple. Very simple arcane spell that you recognize. Light. Oh. That's on the white crystal. Mm-hmm. The brown one, you said 23 was your arcane check? Mm-hmm. Felomir, you also realize that the runes around the brown crystal represent a spell called Stone Shape. Stone Shape. It's a level four spell. You can touch a stone object or a medium of medium size or smaller, or a section of stone no more than five feet in any dimension, and form it into any shape that suits your purpose. So for example, you could shape a large rock into a weapon, or an idol, or a coffer, 
or make a small passage through a wall. As long as the wall is less than five feet thick, less than five feet thick, you could also shape a stone door or its frame to seal the door shut. The object you create can have up to two hinges and a latch, but finer mechanical detail isn't possible. I can do all that now? I'm gonna need to write that down later. I'm not gonna worry about it right now. <laughs> oh yes, this is interesting. Well, it appears uh, there's a, a rune of light near this crystal here, the light one. Light? Light. So yeah. I can like I can put light on a drumstick like Dorth now? Uh, something like that, I would imagine on the crystal. Um, would I know how to activate this? At it all? looks like it's just a finesse for the white crystal. Mm-hmm. That it probably is just like, bend your wrist back. I'm gonna like grab Finch's wrist and start mimicking movements that I think would make it activate. Okay. You uh, just basically bend his wrist back and it basically does a flashlight beam of light that goes about 20 feet. Oh, there you go. Huh. Well, would you look at that? Kind of move my hand around and look at it. And I'm going to put it forward. And then it turns off. Now whip it back. And it turns on. Wow. You can do that <laughs> as many times as you want. Sweet. And now this, this other rune here, I know it's for stone shape. Oh, it does more? Oh, it does, yes. Um, which essentially lets you mold stone at your will. No. Yes. Um, how to activate I'm this gonna one, I'm going to look though. at a stone and whip my, my hand back at it. <laughs> it does. It just turns on? The light just turns on? Oh. Well, well, it's not working, Philip. Well, as, as I was about to say, uh, that spell is a little more potent, and I'm not quite sure how to activate it. Um, I hold my hand up, and then I just whip my wrist forward. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> Uh, it seems there's going to be some sort of uh, verbal and somatic activation for that rune, like, which I'm not quite sure how to do. So what would you say like the name of the spell was, or is it uh, something about molding? And it looks like stone shape to me. Stone shape. <laughs> and I'm gonna just like twist my hand as I say it. <laughs> Dragon at, king. At, at, a, at a stone. It doesn't do anything. You're sure about this? I'm quite sure that's what the rune stands for, yes. Well, how do we figure it out? How do we how do we get it to work? Well, it would probably require some... Can you figure it out? Experimentation, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think that's a very pressing matter at the moment, but okay. yeah, once we have a time, I'll look at it. Okay. It's called the mini mining mitt. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the mini mining mitt. <laughs> Slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can cast light at will. Um, and it works like a flashlight, and then you can cast Stone Shape at some point somehow. Well, cool. We're going to have to figure this thing out, and I'll just kind of look back up and make my way back towards the group. All right. As you reach the end of the tunnel, Astra, your vision begins to gloss over and then quickly fades to black. Where did you go? I thought we may have lost you. Glad to see you're still alive. You're halfway here. You can make it. I know it. What? And as you say what, you then come to. And when she comes to, I want to be just like <laughs> grabbing her face. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? You see your companion sitting around you indoors, like outside of your grip now. And it's been 10 minutes since you passed. Oystrich apparently is coming to as well. Do I have any idea who that was talking to me? The person that talked to you the first time you entered Mithron. Okay. Astra! Uh, Astra! Uh, Astra! Hey. <laughs> Come on, wake up! What? Did you see something? 
Yeah, did did it happen? Did did what happen? We we were talking earlier about the Heltron's touch. Uh, I guess so. Somebody just spoke to me, but I didn't see anything. Everything just went black. It was her, wasn't it? The what? It was who? Fusush. Uh, Whose touch? Who? Can someone explain one thing at a time to me? She's blessed by Heltron. <laughs> She's what? Well, maybe not her specifically, but Oystrich, the the rat, the mouse. The rat. Yes. The, the mouse. Is blessed. Yes. I mean, come on, that's not far-fetched. Mouse? We've seen this happen before. Oh, okay. Name another mouse that talks. So you think that was Fasush? If Did you hear, like, a female talking to you? Uh, I guess. I mean, I couldn't see her or him, but it sounded like either a... A boy or a, a, a woman? I don't She's know. the one that spoke out to me when I first entered Mithron. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. Were you making fun of me, Kath? <laughs> <laughs> so this, she reached out to you, the person you were telling us about when you came back, that was Vasush. Yes. So whenever Salamandal told me, like, gave me life back and sent me here with the key of Kilnar. Mm-hmm. When I entered Mithron, Fasush is the one that reached out to me. This happened to you as well, didn't it? Was it the same person that just spoke to you then as when we first arrived? Yeah. Hmm. So what does that mean? It means we're both on the same journey. Okay, well, I guess it's good that we found you. And as you're kind of talking, Astra, you're, you're kind of like looking at your surroundings, and you notice that you're at the exit of this tunnel, and... It's been 10 minutes, so everyone has already seen this. But, Astra, you look around and see that this tunnel led to a hard drop-off off of this mountain. The 100 feet you can see with the key of Kilnar shows a sloped but almost vertical drop. But what's strange is that you see further than the distance of the range of the key of Kilnar. A sphere of green light. But because of the dark void between your range of sight and it, you can't tell how big it is or how far away it is. So all of you saw that while she was out for 10 minutes, and you're seeing this for the first time now, Astra. Okay, so you're saying we see a light off in the distance? Yes, a green light that's spherical. Uh, and we can't really determine how far away it is or how big it is? It has no relevancy around it, so you can't really tell how big it is. Would you say that it is orb-like? Yeah. Oh. So I'm going to see this. Is that the? Is that the green orb, you guys? Could it be just another piece of the key? Yeah, dead guy. Didn't you say you had a, a key? Yes. Is that it? must that must be my my supplies. Now where, also where in where is it in relation to us? Like is it below the mountain? It's like, like down. down. Yeah. Okay. So we're standing at the edge of a cliff, basically. The exit of a tunnel on the side of a mountain. Yes. Okay. Can I see down? Yeah, you can see like a hundred feet down, and see that like there's a slope on the mountain. But, I mean, it's, like, almost vertical. Okay. And, I mean... Can I see any further than that, though? Like, where it actually meets? You can see that green light past all of that. Yeah, so our immediate vision is just the key of Kilnar's range. And then off in the distance, we see... A very small green sphere. Yes. Like, it looks alone in the darkness to us. Yes. Yeah. How are we going to get down there? Well, I've got an option for that. We just jump. Just look around at everyone. Since I'm holding Doroth, you know, that I, that means I can kind of carry all of y'all at this point, including Abedlar. We just jump? Yeah. I have a, I know a spell. Oh, yeah! I got a guy. Okay. 
So, y'all want to jump? Mm-hmm. Are we going to yeah. hold hands? <laughs> well, I'm holding you. But oh. yeah, I mean, we can do that. Whatever. I'm not. One, Ovid Lar puts his three. hand, his bony hand out. I'll grab it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm Y'all hold, can do whatever. I'm not holding his hand. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just jump when everyone jumps. I jump. You see Astral leap. I immediately jump behind her. I jump right behind her, and then I right. jump right behind him. And I cast Featherfall. All right. As you get lower and lower down the mountain, the green sphere of light below you gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, it gets so large and close, you can see the detail inside of it. You see snow falling and those familiar sheets of gray ash floating through the breeze inside of it, almost like a snow globe. And then, soft as a feather, you all land on your feet. The weight of you pushes you deep into the snow, about a knee height. Oh, great, this again. Ugh. Start trudging. It's not that bad. I don't think it's bad at all, actually. Well, you're different. So you land a little bit of ways from the green light. So there is still like a dark void in between yours and that one. But it is very obvious that it's working just like the key of Kilnar in a different section. Yeah, I guess just start making our way in that direction. All right. So as you move closer to it, your green light from the green from the key of Kilnar melds with the other green light, and you start to roam around the area searching. And with the help of Felomir's detect magic, you find a strong aura of that of the same color of the key of Kilnar buried under snow. Start digging. Yeah. You dig it up and find a large backpack about four feet in length. That's it. That's my supplies. Well, that was much easier to find than we anticipated. <laughs> He opens it up, and you see shards of crystals, tons of them. Astra, you recognize them as the crystals that were supposed to be on the shelves back at the Temple of Hanet, where you found the dead man. We're back on track. We just need to keep heading this way. And he points in, the, in a direction, and that should be the path I was taking. Hey, dead guy, why do you have so many of those keys? These, these were the key of Kilnars we kept in like a, like a closet at the Temple of Hanet. Remember how I told you that these pieces are fragments of Kilnars' crying orb? Right. So you took them. Well, Salamandel told me to bring them here. Yes. Well, I think you should give us one, just in case we get lost, so we'll have light. We we have a key of Kilnar already. Well, we have one, but what happens if he goes over there, and we have to go over there? Does well, that point in different directions? We'll figure it out as long as we stick together, I don't think... I have a question. Avidlar, is it? Yes? How is it that you were going to rebuild this crying orb, which I'm sure is what you're trying to do, right? I'm not going to. For Sushis. Well, how was that going to be done if we have one? I didn't know you had one. They're just fragments of crystals. How but you I... won't have the whole crystal without all the pieces. I didn't know there was one missing. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess technically you forgot one because we found it at the temple after you had left. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. As you were. So which way are we supposed to be going? Well, I was going that way if this is where I dropped my pack. Where exactly are you trying to take us? To Fusush. Do you know how far it is? No. How will you know when you get there? I don't know. I'm as blind as you all. But are you still getting visions? No. Well, I guess 
If we try to go down this path, maybe she'll speak to one of us again. And Hopefully. Maybe that'll keep us on track. Well, no point in sitting here in the cold talking about it anymore. I'd say we all go this way. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's go. And he starts to walk. How far, like, how are we spaced out? Basically, what I'm asking is, how far is Avadlar from me and Astro? It's up to you. Well, I was going to say that I follow him immediately, so if you're still, if I'm still holding you, then you're right behind him. If I were to whisper to Astro, do do I think that he could hear us? There are, like, howling winter winds, so as long as it was quiet, you probably wouldn't. Okay. Astro. Yeah? Astro, I don't trust this guy. Why? Because he's weird. Um, have you met either, like, any one of us? You know what I mean. Well, I, I had my suspicions, but, I mean, you know, you gotta earn trust, and that's what we're doing. I mean, there's... We definitely outnumber him if anything goes wrong. Mm. But I don't know. This all seemed to fall together, too. Like, what are the chances that he's trying to build something out of that, the pieces of this orb or whatever, and we just happen to have the other piece? I and mean, now we're all on... It doesn't make any sense. It, it is very um, it feels circumstantial, like but... It feels like it's part of a plan, Astra. Or maybe the stars aligned and this is our fate. I... I mean, I have been getting messages from the Guardians, if that's who they really are, and we'll just see. You can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. I absolutely will. Deal. companions? Well, we finally made it to the end of the arc. Our adventurers are about to maybe find an exit to the darkness, or maybe the arcane well, or maybe a guardian, or who knows? Who knows what they're about to find? You'll find out in the next two minutes after this mid-roll, that's for sure. But I gotta let you know that after we're done with this episode, the next three episodes will not include our normal cast. We will be including multiple different people? I'm really not sure yet. We haven't done any of them yet. So I don't know exactly who all is going to be involved, but I got some friends lined up trying to get inside this podcast. So we're going to give them a shot. So there will be three episodes that are short stories that are going to kind of give you an idea about the world, about Asus, little things here and there. And these episodes will be available to you on the normal podcast feed. But Something else that's going to happen after those three short stories, we're going to take a full 
four-week break from the normal podcast feed because I'm going to be setting up an episode for the characters to do some leveling up, and you can hear about the leveling up process and uh, some downtime processes because our characters are about to kind of take some time off, basically. So for that time period, we're going to do an episode about leveling up and doing some downtime stuff, and it's only going to be available to our Patreon donators. That episode should be available to $3 donations and up. If you want to hear that episode, you're going to want to donate to our Patreon. But not only are we going to be putting that up after the three short story episodes, I'm hoping to get our live episode done from our one-year anniversary live show. I don't know if I'm going to get it done for sure, because that audio work has been pretty rough on me, but I'm hoping we can get it to you. So stay tuned on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc., so that you can hear whenever that stuff is going to be available on our Patreon. And if you haven't yet, and you have an Apple phone or a tablet or anything that is Apple-related, please drop us a review. We got a couple reviews in, and I am so excited about them because they came in like right at the right times for me. I was fighting through some audio work. I was fighting through my daily job at work. I was fighting with my band, South Carlin. Not like fight fighting with them, but just, just the obstacles that come with all these projects of mine. And it uplifted me. So, you know, just drop us a review. It, it can be really nice of you. But this is the end of episode 39. And it's the end of another arc, but not the end of another season. Thank you all for joining us so far. And I hope you continue to listen. And thank you for being the dedicated fans that you are. See you around. Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Landry. We're the hosts of You Simply Must. You Simply Must? What's that? It's a comedy podcast all about sharing things that we love with each other and sometimes with the guest. TV shows, food, games, movies, whatever. That's right. Think of it as Oprah's favorite thing, but weekly and with more segments specifically designed to gaslight the other person. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find the show on iTunes or at yousimplymustpodcast.com. Hey, person hearing this ad, have you ever listened to our show? No. You You Simply simply must. Must! Are you a lifelong fanboy, a new nerd, or are you just clueless and curious about all the comic book movie buzz and want to know more? Then tune in to Between the Cons, the twice-weekly podcast for Life Between Comic Cons, where Chris and friends discuss nerdy news. Why is it always Chris and friends? We have stupid nicknames that you made up for us. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Big Boy Pants. Where Chris, Chris 2, MF Dane, Mr. Naughty List, the Wonder Twins, Masterman Drabo, the Ginger Giant, and the Outlaw Steve Jr. Thank you. Discuss nerdy news, review movies, and dive deep into the big topics that encompass our fandoms. Subscribe today on iTunes and Google Play at BetweenTheCons.com. The six of you trek through the deep snow, day after day recovering and fighting through exhaustion. The cold is harsh and the weather varies. After two weeks of these horrible winter conditions, your fingers and toes begin to become frostbitten. Still never getting a full glimpse of Ovid Lar, you can tell that decay is hitting him harshly. You've seen tracks of different creatures and large craters in the ground from what you assume are the prints of that large creature that caused the collapse of the mine entrance. Forever pushing against what seems to be an endless snowy horizon, you hear the calls of what you assume are more vrocks speaking to each other in the air. It feels like they are almost circling you like vultures. But one day, they swoop in and attack. Exhausted and frostbitten, you avoid a full-on battle as you are too weak to push against them. Ranged attacks keep them at bay as you sprint for any environmental defense. 
But then you feel thuds in the ground. These thumps become stronger and stronger, causing the ground and snow around you to tremble. And just like the mine entrance, a large spike comes down from above and pierces the land. A wave of snow erupts from the impact, knocking you down and covering you slightly. Avidlar screams to run, and the droning hum of sound after such an impact leaves your hearing impaired. And as you run, feeling the ground still quake around you, your vision is hit with a flash of light. You stop and shield your eyes frantically looking around. You feel the warmth of the sun on your skin and the pleasant scent of flowers. Your hearing slowly welcomes the calming sound of a quiet flowing creek. You begin to peek through your fingers, still shielding your eyes from the flash of light. You look around and see an open blue sky and the sun above. Behind you is a wall of black wrapping around this vast green land. You stand in a field of wheat and a barefoot man leans against a pitchfork in a pair of blue overalls and a large brimmed straw hat. He smiles at you and says, Well, howdy. Welcome to Yin. It looks like it's going to require a semantic and a verbal component. Is it semantic? Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or is it somatic? So somatic. 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 Sem- semantic is not it. S- somatic. Somatic. It looks like it's going to require a somatic and verbal. <laughs> is it? I say it wrong again. Somatic. <laughs> so oh, that is somatic. So did I say it wrong again? Somatic. You just somatic. enunciated it strange. Okay. Yeah, somatic. That was somatic, dude. <laughs> it looks like it'll require a somatic and vocal. I need you to tell me that. <laughs> somatic. 